It's Thursday the 3rd of March. Welcome to Afternoon Sport. Shane Lee, how are you, my friend? Timmy, I'm doing really well, mate. I believe there was a, a, a Yeti sighting um, up your way yesterday. <laughs> almost. <laughs> almost. And it's, look, it's, uh, I'm, I don't mean to laugh, and it's only my own personal circumstances, because I know a lot of people are going through some difficult times with the amount of water we've had, and I think that's right up and down the eastern seaboard. But, yeah, I was out there in the budgie smugglers yesterday, um, <laughs> just making sure that the pool didn't flood, because I had to put on backwash, but also had to bucket a bit of it. It would have been a sight to behold, I tell you. Yeah, the, the cold weather's uh, not helping you either, mate, apparently. No, no, every, everything everything contracts to the chin, doesn't it? Everything contracts to the chin. All right, we've got a stack of sport to talk about today. Um, look, they're all blowing up, the Australian cricketers, about uh, the sacking of a physiotherapist. Big story, this has become. Sydney Swan star Isaac Heaney signs a big new deal, and the Dragon star Jack DeBellin talks about his tough few years. Now, there's nothing like a healthy head of hair. Shane, when I first met you, those blonde flowing locks, well, they had a life of their own. Yes, Timmy. As they say, look after your hair and everything else will take care of itself. Now, I've got something for you too, Timmy, even with that silver fox look. It's called Main Hair Care. Oh, Main Hair Care. I know it. I absolutely love it. Yes, mate. Specialised men's hair care, targeting scalp conditions to stimulate scalp and over time improve growth. Oh, it's a fantastic product. It really is. I also note that it's all Australian, fully organic ingredients, Shane. Yep. Not only will you look good, but the scent is just wonderful. Main Hair Care. I'm going to get it on today. And that's spelled M-A-N-E, mainhaircare.com. They're pretty cranky in Pakistan, the Australian cricket team, not the world's best lead-up to a test series. Uh, They've sacked the physio. Tell me more, Sean. Well, they've sacked the physio. No one really knows why, apart from uh, the big three are gone since uh, the Ashes, I suppose, post-dramatic reshuffle. Um, Justin Langer, the coach, is gone. The... uh, the team manager, Gavin Doovey, and also now David um, Beakley, the physio, has gone on the evening. The players aren't happy with this, and I can understand this. As a physio, he has a lot of intel into your personal requirements, um, what injuries you're, you're doing, what your, your game, your, your match preparation. For a new physio to come in on a big tour like this is really, really hard because they need to learn everything about each player and what they're going through. He'd have he'd have years of knowledge of, of what injuries each fast bowler has, for example, and what they need to do to get right to get on the paddock. So, yeah, I can understand the players will be very, very frustrated with this. Yeah, absolutely. Now, Northern New South Wales and Queensland have been through a catastrophic event with the weather, obviously, and the Queensland Bulls, well, they want to try and do their bit to lift the spirits of their Queenslanders. Yeah, it's good to see. Um, they're probably not going to make the Sheffield Shield final this year, the Bulls, but uh, they want to go out there and, and play some, some good cricket and, uh, yeah, and try and lift the spirits of, of, of the locals there. And, um, yeah, a quick shout-out to all the people who are going through some tough times up there. The, the amount of water um, that some people experience, it's, uh, it'd be horrible. Your whole life sort of is almost washed away literally in front of you. So it's a um, you know, uh, big shout-out to them. Hope everyone's okay. Yeah, absolutely. One in a thousand year event, uh, some have said. Now, AFL, let's have a t- 
talk about the mighty game of AFL. Isaac Heaney, I know he's a personal favourite of yours. Uh, look, he's inked a massive deal over six years. Yeah, he's an absolute cracker, this footballer, Isaac Heaney. Um, he signed a six-year deal. He would have been a free agent next year, uh, and the Swans have jumped in and not allowed that. So they've signed him to a six-year deal, which will take him to the age of 32 as a one-club player. Um, he came through the, the Swans Academy along with some other really good footballers that are really going to form the nucleus now of this Swans team moving forward. Um, Callum Mills, um, Nick Blakey, um, uh, Braden Campbell and, and Errol Goulden, um, a real, they've all come through, the, the, as I said, the Swans Academy. So uh, a really, really good signing, I reckon, for the Swans there with Isaac. As we know, um, Buddy ends his 10-year deal next year. So uh, they want to sign the marquee player and Isaac Heaney is a very, very good choice. Yeah, they rumbled away last year. It wouldn't be mm. without uh, a possibility that they could really push for the premiership. And I know Melbourne are probably going to start this as favourites and some other sides have really um, built well. But the Swans are going to be right in there, I would suggest, when it comes to September, October in 2022. Now, former Essendon captain Tim Watson has rubbish Mick Malthouse's Bombers prediction. Mick, who, when I speak to a couple of these teams on the rise, I, I mean the Bombers as one of them. Uh, Mick Malthouse reckons that they can win the premiership. Tim Watson says, what are you talking about? Yeah, well, one thing the Bombers can do, they can make a big pre-season prediction. They do it all the time and they get a little bit bit far ahead of themselves, um, the Essendon Football Club. Uh, but Mick Malthouse says they are genuine premiership um, contenders for 2022 and I can't see it either, to be honest. I think they're going to be a much improved team and they're, they're going to be sort of probably the top eight. But uh, yeah, I don't think they're, they're up there with the likes of Melbourne, that's for sure. Interesting to hear what Nathan Buckley has had to say over the last couple of days. Uh, now, obviously, no longer the coach of Collingwood. He'd been there a long time as a superstar player and coach. And Eddie Maguire was chairman for an enormous amount of the time that he was there. And they haven't spoken since June last year when um, the decision was made. Yeah, you'd see there's obviously some, some bad blood there. Um, that's for sure. They've both been, well... Buckley's been respectful and saying, oh, they've had a few texts here and there, which I don't believe. Um, look, Eddie Maguire was at that football club pretty much for two decades, and that whole time Buckley was both a player and then a coach. Um, so they've been through a lot together. Um, as we know, Eddie was stood down as the chairman, and Buckley was stood down as coach. So, uh, yeah, Buckley will now go on and do some commentary for Fox, um, but he won't be working closely with Eddie in any capacity, that's for sure. Yeah, it's it's interesting, isn't it? Because in, in some sports, and AFL is one of them, you get a lot of big personalities who obviously mm. have matching egos in, in not just playing roles, but management roles as well and, and roles on boards. Yeah, really, really tough. And it's, it's tough when you put your heart and soul into a, into a club like Nick Buckley has and, and Eddie McGuire has as well. And things don't go your way. It's, uh, it is hard to I suppose, manage your own ego uh, and move forward. But uh, there's one thing you can say about Eddie Maguire and Nathan Buckley is they are passionate Collingwood people. Yeah, absolutely. And you can't uh, discount the amount of work that both of them have put into the club in their various capacities. Oh, well, let's hope that they can repair whatever mm. has been broken. That is Nathan Buckley and Eddie Maguire. Stay with us. We're going to talk NRL. And uh, it's really hotting up, isn't it, ahead of the season. Tennis and much, much more. Now,
Now, for me, Shane, this is one of the reasons why the Australian sporting public has never been convinced on Nick Kyrgios. It's things like not being available for this Davis Cup. And then you watch Leighton Hewitt come out in the media conference yesterday and he all but said, I can't believe he's not here. He said he's in their top five players. He understands he's busy, but he can't be there. But look, people watching on are saying, why can't you be there? Uh, shouldn't this be at the top of your priority list? We watched you through the Australian Open. We watched all the histrionics and the brilliance of the special Ks, and you can't play for your country. Well, I think there's been a, a definite change in Leighton Hewitt's approach to Nick Curious. Um, Nick Curious has come out and said recently that he uh, was self-harming and um, he went through some really, really dark periods in his life. Um, he didn't mention the word suicide, but he sort of intimated that. Um, and Nick and Leighton Hewitt now is sort of, it feels like he's trying to put his arm around Nick and say, mate, you are in our top five, come back in, in, into our squad. Um, he, he's a just, he's just a difficult person. I think, I think he, he's, his brain's ticking over all the time and he's probably really, really hard just to be in his own head half the time. He's, he's obviously gets frustrated with himself. I think the team environment is a really good environment for him. And we saw that in the Australian Open this year when he played doubles. Um, he likes to have someone else to, um, be accountable for and so I think Davis Cup is the really right format for him and uh, it'd be good to see him back and I can just see Leighton Hewitt he's been pretty hard on, on Nick before yeah. but he seems to be putting his arm just, just around him at the moment yeah, a little bit. And look, um, absolutely. And you never want to discount um, those very personal problems because, mm. um, uh, you know, it's great that he's had the courage to talk about it. Uh, but uh, when when I when I bring up this whole subject of, of, of where he sits in the landscape, it's quite separate to that um, because uh, it, it's, more, it's more the visuals, isn't it, of his sporting career because – he was out there bouncing around for, uh, you know, with the Australian Open and, and not to be there now. Look, we wish mm. him well and we hope that he uh, has a, a bright and, and, you know, positive future. But um, I, I agree with you. I think playing in and around his fellow Australian players, and he's done it in the past. He's even said that he loves doing it. So um, mm. that is uh, the Nick Kyrgios chapter for today. Now, NRL Jack Dragon star Jack DeBellin uh, has broken his silence after his three-year saga. Three years, yeah, he hasn't really spoken about um, the sexual assault uh, and rape charges. Um, we, we know that uh, he had two hung juries um, uh, and that was then allowed to be released and, and freed to play football again. Um, he said personally that he never, ever really contemplated a life in jail. He knew he was innocent. Um, he's disappointed he didn't get a not guilty verdict. Um and now just really wants to focus on being a really good footballer and a really, really good father and just put all that stuff behind him. He said he, he just appreciated the support from his dad during that period uh, and his close family and friends. And, um, yeah, he's obviously been through an ordeal, um, uh, but he's been cleared now, so uh, hopefully he can become the footballer. He missed three years of his career, which is a big chunk, so hopefully he can sort of fulfil his football dreams now. Yeah, absolutely. Now, um, he's in the clear, Jack DeBellin, but Manu Vadave, uh, this was a surprising story. When I saw it, of course, uh, did a lot of work covering football through um, parts of my career, and he was an extraordinary winger for the Warriors in New Zealand, and uh, he's uh, you know gone to jail for four years, four or more years. Yeah, it's four, four years for uh, smuggling um, uh, methamphetamines, and... So he's uh, he's thirty six this week. So he's going to spend yeah four years uh, behind bars. 
It's, it's, it was interesting what his um, lawyer said. He said he's pretty much been in the football system from the age of 16 to 31, uh, which was really structured. And he said he just didn't have the, I suppose, the fundamentals to make uh, good life choices. Um, I can understand sort of what he's saying here, but this is, you sort of know, you still know what's right and wrong, don't you? At the age of 31, you know, smuggling drugs is, is not going to uh, be a good choice, I don't think. But um, yeah, he's paying a big, big price for it now. Yeah, well, the IOC's had a very interesting challenge the past few days to work out whether to let Russian athletes compete at the Paralympic Games and the Belarusian athletes as well. Um, they've all arrived in Beijing for the Games. They've decided in the end to allow them to compete as neutral athletes. It's a terribly difficult one, this. Uh, you've already got um, athletes that are physically compromised. Um, what do you think? I don't think they can compete, Tim. And I think you're going to see the UK, unfortunately, boycott these games now um, due to the fact that the Russians will compete, as you said, as neutral competitors, um, which is so sad for any of the athletes over there, particularly the UK, boycott it. Um, these Paralympians have trained all their life to get this chance, and now they may not get the chance after arriving there. Um, they might be turned around and go home. So... Yeah, it's far-reaching, this issue in the Ukraine, and um, it'd be really, really sad for for all these athletes to miss out on potentially it's, it's a one-time-in-their-life one dream. Yeah, it's one of the inhumane elements of, of war, mm. and it has been forever, and these old men making despot decisions that affect young people and affect others, and uh, this is some of the fallout, and that's what's happening with a lot of it. Um, the fallout affects others that are, are completely innocent. Now, baseball, $362 million stalemate. There's so much money in uh, the Major League Baseball in the United States, but they often have problems, industrial problems. And uh, look, Chad Wicker brought this up a few weeks ago, and no doubt we'll discuss this with him again tomorrow. But, uh, yeah, there's a problem with the MLB. There is, mate. The The Baseball Players Association is the strongest players association in any sporting code in, in, anywhere in the world. They have always mm. been strong. They used to um, allow all their athletes to take whatever um, performance-enhancing drugs that they wanted for many years until it was officially banned. They're that strong. They said they're out... Uh, they're our bodies and we'll do what we want with them. Thank God they cleaned that up. But it comes down now to um, to Major base, Baseball League offering them uh, effectively a salary cap of $220 million for the next three years and increase to $230 million by 2026, where the players want to be around $302 million in 2022, rising to $362 million. Um, the big part of this increase is they said they want to look after younger players. Now, they want to increase younger players' first up salaries by 179000 to take the minimum salary, listen to this, Timmy, to 942000 per year. Mm. That's your starting salary. Big numbers. Should have played baseball. Yeah, exactly. Should have worked on the glove work. <laughs> uh, all right. Now, something a bit lighter to finish with today. Um, we all, uh, hands up, you and I, both like a lovely drop of wine. Um, you know, life's too short to drink crappy wine. Um, <laughs> your brother, Brad, also likes a drop. Tell me more. Well, it was... Uh, it just made me think about uh, on Brad had a, a New Year's Day party at his house, and uh, mm. Brad McNamara was eating, you know, buzzed really well. And he had a, yep. he said, Brett goes, go up to my cellar and get, get some nice wines, guys. And um, so I said, I'm happy to do that, Brett. I'm happy to drink your good wine anytime you want to offer it. Uh, and Brad McNamara said that he, he'd left a uh, magnum of Hill of, Hill of Grace uh, in Brett's um, cellar, and it was now the right time to drink it. So, Brad and I went up and went scrummaged through Brett's uh, cellar, and we found his his magnum, mm. but it was signed. 
It was empty. It was signed by Brett and Shane Watson. <laughs> they drank it a week before. <laughs> anyway, we brought down some nice wines, and Brett had this long, um, it's a bizarre sort of wine decanter where the stem was literally like a, um, almost like a pelican's beak. It was it was so long. A real long flute. Brett, type Brett, the, yeah, a long flute. Brett was really proud of trying to uh, decant his red wines with this expensive looking <laughs> decanter. The problem with Brett, it was about a metre away from the glass when he, when he was pouring it and most of it went, went on the table. So it was uh, not a very, very effective. And I'll tell you what, spilling some of that wine that we were drinking was very expensive. So it was uh, not a very good decanter, that's for you sure. You were laying on the floor with your mouth open, were you? <laughs> Big time. That's it for Afternoon Sport today. Make sure you hit follow or subscribe wherever you listen. A big thank you to our sponsors. Yeah, fantastic sponsors in Maine Hair Care. That's M-A-N-E, MaineHairCare.com. And, of course, our superb producer, Mr. Dan McHugh. We're back tomorrow with your daily dose of sport. We'll see you then, guys. Take care.